everybody. Welcome to our podcast, Geeta, a mantra for success. So last week we spoke about Krishna's first teaching, mm-hmm. Samkhya Yoga. We spoke about the relationship between our inner consciousness and the external elements and how our mind works. Okay, that was pretty much his first teachings. And we shared the mantra, which is, we become what we think. Actually, you know, incidentally, I applied this mantra last week. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. I actually want to share. Please. So last week, hmm. one person just decided to make a random comment that I am a brainless straight monkey. Oh, really? <laughs> and you know what my first reaction was? I'm guessing you were pretty angry. Yeah, I was I was very angry. You know what happened in that state of rage? I actually started imagining myself as a monkey rather an angry monkey. Huh. <laughs> I was outraged and you know, I'm this monkey and I wanted to hurt this person. Okay. I wanted to do something to insult this person. Mm. You know, it was more like how dare you say something like this? And you know, it was all about this my big ego. So suddenly I decided to follow this mantra just to experiment with how the mind works. Great. I started imagining myself as a monkey. Okay. But I made my brain think that I am a cute monkey. Awesome. <laughs> so I'm, you know, straight monkey can be sweet, right? Yeah. Remember that monkey, Abu from Aladdin? Oh, of course, of yeah. course. He was a really cute monkey. Yeah, and very brilliant, very cunning, very nice, very, you know. Oh, yeah, he saved his life. <laughs> yeah, I became that monkey. And suddenly, I actually started enjoying being a monkey. <laughs> wow, so you attained Nirvana and you become enlightened today. I would not say so because, you know, mind is not consistent. Uh, I have to be honest with you. Today, I can control my mind. I can call myself an enlightened soul. Tomorrow, my mind can control me. And that's when I become an ignorant soul. Wow. And it's all about training your mind. Right, right. Actually, there is a scientific term for it. It's called mm-hmm. NLP or okay. Neuro Linguistic Programming. Mm-hmm. And incidentally, this was also Krishna's first teaching. Controlling your mind. If not, it will control you. So let's go back to the second chapter. So how does it move forward uh, from there? Well, as we discussed last week, uh, Samkhya Yoga is only suitable for those that are in that mindset to evolve. Right. Arjuna was not in that mindset. Correct. At least at that time. Krishna notices it and he quickly shifts track. Hmm. Now, he starts talking about social duty or dharma. Personally, I found this second teaching quite superficial. And I can see why some readers get confused here. Okay, let us hear your thoughts. In the first teaching, Krishna speaks about Atman's soul. True. He is suggesting that the identity that we have about ourselves is an illusion. Right. And he switches to this second teaching, Mm -hmm. which is all about our status. He says, you know, you are a warrior, you're a chetri, you're a king. That's... That is your social class is all talking about this, you know, Mm. superficial status. So in the first teaching, he's suggesting not to let external forces affect your mind. In the second teaching, he shifts to this idea. Oh, if you do not do this, then everybody is going to think, you know, you are weak and they will make fun of you. So in some way, he's saying like, you know, oh, you have to worry about what others are thinking about you. So. Krishna is contradicting himself. (laughs) Right. I I hear what you're saying. Mm. Uh, This actually happens a lot in the Bhagavad Gita. Mm. 
but as I mentioned before, hmm. Krishna here is actually in the Gita giving you multiple paths or different options. Hmm, 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 hmm. He's not telling you follow path A or path B. Hmm, He's hmm. saying, okay, here are all the ways hmm. and pick one which makes sense to you or is rational to you and you can understand and stick to it. So let's say you stick to the Samkhya Yoga. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. But let's say you pick Karma Yoga. That is also fine. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Or there's a Dharma path. And I'm sure there are a couple of other yeah. paths. We'll just uh, stick to this right now. Mm-hmm. So pick one path that you understand and go with it. Hmm. That's interesting. And I agree with you. So, so the second teaching is about Dharma, so, which is social duty. Here, Krishna starts with Arjuna's caste. Hmm. Now, some modern scholars actually criticize this teaching. But before we jump into that, can I just uh, stop and add a few things about the caste systems? Yeah. So, what happens is there is a caste system in Hinduism. Mm -hmm. uh, But before, when the society was changing from a nomadic culture to a more civilized society, people Mm -hmm. were divided into specific classes. We won't call them caste because it was actually classes. Okay. And there were four basic classes. Mm Mm-hmm. One was the Brahmin. Mm -hmm. A Brahmin was basically a knowledgeable person who was a teacher Mm -hmm. or a priest, meaning they performed uh, devotional prayers. The second one was the Kshetriya, which Mm -hmm. was basically the warrior class. Mm -hmm. And for that, you usually, you know, you trained in weapons and you were strong, you were well built and you ate accordingly. The third class was actually the business people class or the Vaishyas Mm -hmm. who were responsible for the economic growth. They were bartering and trading mm-hmm. they were pretty much business people mm-hmm. right and the fourth class was the sudras mm-hmm. and these were people who fell into the other categories so but they did a lot of essential chores they could be the charioteer they mm-hmm. took care of the horses the elephants they could be the cooks mm-hmm. artisans laborers pretty much uh, they were all essential workers so in earlier civilization mm-hmm. a class was not something you fell into It was something you earned. It Hmm. did not depend on your birth. So there was a concept of a Gurukul, which is like a school. Okay. And the the kids were sent when they were really young, four, five, six years of age. Mm -hmm. And based on their performance and interest, they would be put in a certain class. Anyway, this is how it used to be. But you know how people are. They kind of get greedy and they want the best for their children. Nothing wrong with that. But the class system slowly evolved and... And they started declaring their offsprings as the same class as they were, especially if they were of the higher class. Because that time, there were just four classes. There was no high and there was no low. This class system that you just described Hmm. almost sounds like a utopian world to me right now. (laughs) Yeah, right now (laughs) makes sense. You know, I think it is clear that during Mahabharata's time, the caste-based division was prominent than class-based. Makes sense. Uh, because see the Samkhya philosophy and these classes I think predates the Mahabharata mm-hmm. and it had already changed by that time. Probably because especially Karna's uh, story in Mahabharata highlights that. If you remember Karna's father, the, the, the father who adopted him right, right. was a charioteer and mm-hmm. that means makes him a sudra. Right. And from the very young years, Karna was a skilled warrior. That actually concerned his father because mm. the father knew elites would never accept him. That's what happened there. Right, right. Except for Yudhisthira, who of course was a wise person. Other Pandavas, including Arjuna, taunted him for his supposedly low birth. Mm, okay. And so when Krishna sp- 
spoke about caste in the Bhagavad Gita, I can understand why it makes some scholars uncomfortable in today's context. True, true. I understand what you're saying. But I think uh, Krishna was uh, pretty secular. Mm-hmm. Uh, he never comments on uh, Karna's caste. Mm-mm. And I think he actually reprimands Arjuna for uh, insulting or looking down upon Karna's uh, caste on several different occasions. Mm-mm-mm. Coming back to the Bhagavad Gita, mm-hmm. I think Krishna is talking about the duty mm-hmm. based on the role uh, Arjuna has taken here. I understand. I think it's very simple when you say that. But just to keep this debate going. Okay. Let me go back to Arjuna's question. You know in Hinduism, ahimsa param dharma. It's a number one dharma. It's, it's a number one dharma, right? Our non-violence is, should be our first duty. But if non-violence is my first duty, then why are you asking me to fight and kill? Why don't you explain this? Mm. <laughs> so I understand Krishna's stand on why Arjuna should actually fight at the time. Could be controversial for many, Hmm. but he's not promoting violence here. Hmm. He's basically talking about how you should be honest and faithful to the role that you've taken. It's pretty simple, right? Hmm. So in this case, Krishna has taken the role of a charioter, Hmm. right? Hmm. So Hmm. when Arjuna tells him, can you take me to the middle of the battlefield? He just rightfully listens to him and drives the chariot, right? So he's doing his duty without, Hmm. you know, Hmm. questions. He's like, Hmm. okay, that's what you want. Let me do that. Hmm. And now Arjuna basically tells him, Please guide me. Mm. Be my teacher. Mm -mm. He's taken the role of a teacher. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. So as a teacher, Mm -hmm. he's giving Arjuna the knowledge that he has. Right? Mm. So like I said before, he's not giving you one teaching. He's giving you many. Mm -mm. And he's telling you, you, Arjuna, choose. Mm. So you're saying you're standing here as a warrior in the battlefield. Behave like one. Uh, Do you remember the classic Hindi movie, Divar. Classic it is. Yeah. uh, And I think this is the perfect episode to speak about that movie. Sure, sure. I remember (laughs) Amitabh Bachchan is pretty much an angry young man in this movie, but I'll let you uh, continue. I think Divar is a groundbreaking cinematic masterpiece that explains the ethical dilemma that one faces when in a morally ambiguous situation. Mm. Yeah. Everybody remembers Amitabh Bachchan, but let me go back to his father. So the story starts with the father and he has two sons. Right. And this father is a strong trade union leader. Okay. And, you know, he's quite popular, uh, Mm. you know, and everybody respects him. But once he is faced with a situation when he has to choose between his duty as a leader Mm. or his family. And Mm -hmm. he decides to choose his family. That's when he forgets his duty as a union leader. Right. Yeah. And the the laborers feel betrayed and Mm. they so, you know, they become violent. And this union leader, he runs away, leaving his family. So basically, he fails in his role as a father and a husband also. Right. Right. It is followed by some capturing this man's son, Vizay. Uzzam Tabachan. But he's a young kid at that time. And they have that tattoo. In his hand. uh, uh, Yeah. The Merabap. Which means my father is a thief on his arm. Right. They tattooed it on his arm. Yeah. They tattooed it on his arm. Now, this same Vijay grows up and he becomes a criminal. And his brother, Ravi, he becomes a cop. When Ravi, Mm -hmm. the the younger brother, the cop brother, when he discovers that his brother is a criminal, Mm. now he finds himself in a very similar moral dilemma that his father wants fist. Mm, makes sense. And now as a cop, he must take action against criminals 
but he also feels a very deep sense of compassion and love for his brother i mean i think uh, it's a kind of similar to arjun's dilemma not for his brother in this case but more for his uh, uncle and maybe his teacher and other relatives exactly right. exactly and he actually he resents is like oh i can't go against my brother mm. and he as he's walking in the street he sees an old very poor blind father reprimanding his son for stealing bread okay and he's like you know stealing is stealing it is still bad i know i'm hungry but you still stole it's still wrong it's still wrong mm. and that's when this cop this brother decides to go against his brother as a cop because it's his duty as a cop and it, he must go after criminals true true i actually remember uh, the famous dialogue when he says mere paas maa hai i have a mother mm-hmm. so for those who have not watched this movie the mother actually uh, obviously decides to stay with the honest son who's the cop yeah, gone yeah yeah so that ma actually signifies consciousness in that movie mm-hmm. because you know if you remember this criminal brother he becomes rich right he's boasting about his money cars houses you know all this materialistic stuffs mm. you know i have everything what do you have mere paas ye hai mere paas wo hai you know what do you have and the younger brother who's an honest cop and of course because he's honest he's not as rich as his criminal brother he says i have mother and that mother ma word signifies i'm ethical i'm honest i'm loyal to my duty and i don't have any attachment or desire to this whatever materialistic pleasure that you're talking about so i have nothing to worry basically he's saying he's more powerful than this criminal brother even though he has doesn't have anything all this materialistic stuff he is he- more powerful because he doesn't have a desire and he has something better and that is a big turning point in the movie true anyway mm-hmm. that reminds me of another movie uh, bollywood movie border mm-hmm. there is actually a scene where uh, major kuldeep singh who is actually uh, sunny deol in the movie oh yeah he, yes he actually does a great job in the mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. he act- confronts a subedar who is mm-hmm. his junior mm-hmm. uh, this whole movie is set during the indo pakistan war of 1971 mm-hmm. right the movie narrates a story of a small indian battalion Mm-mm. but they actually go up against a large uh, pakistani strike force yes. which is not expected Mm-mm. so they're kind of ambushed and Mm-mm. before they wait for backup this whole movie uh, falls apart right the unit is led by a major they're posted on the border as Mm-mm. a defense force Mm-mm. uh the subedar uh, in question here receives a letter from the government that is a leave that he had applied for actually sanctioned so mm-hmm. he can go home and visit his wife who's actually pretty sick the major ridicules him for running away from the battlefield and mm. basically calls him a coward mm. he says if everybody here mm. you know applies for leave and goes to their home who's going to stay and fight for the country mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right so mm. the subedar actually questions his duty as a husband to his sick wife and the major basically replies your responsibility as an army man to the country comes first mm. Mm. feeling guilty the subedar cancels his leave he actually stays Mm-mm. and he fights but he sacrifices his life yeah. by throwing himself on a mm. uh, exploding tank shell i think Mm-mm. and he actually ends up saving a lot of other men yeah, yeah. a lot yeah. of his colleagues Mm-mm-mm. right Mm-mm. so he dies unfortunately his uh, wife is left to die alone and but but his mm. death is celebrated by everybody there as he dies on the ba- battlefield and he's basically a martyr Actually, Krishna tries to use the same technique as Sunny Deol ah, in that movie. Ah, right, for sure. He uses the same. He's using the same technique here of provoking and ridiculing Arjuna by calling him a coward. 
he pretty much says if he runs away from the battlefield at the crucial time, people will think that you are very weak. And that's what he's trying to say. Right. So basically, Krishna should have made him watch the movie Border. <laughs> Everything would have been great. But go on. <laughs> now it makes sense. Now it makes sense. Great. Now Sunny Sunny Deol made me realize why Krishna was right. <laughs> there you go. All right. Anyway, let's try to think of how this uh, teaching of Krishna's can be implemented in our practical life. Okay. Right. Mm. Professionally, we could be uh, a police officer, mm. a healthcare professional. Uh, a project manager, a teacher, a businessman, mm. yeah, a student, a writer, a homemaker, a yeah. researcher, you know, any yeah, of those yeah, things. Mm-hmm. Whatever role we are in, mm. as per the teachings of Krishna, we should do our best. So no matter how seemingly small our work might look, mm-hmm. when we give our best at what we do, it can actually have a profound effect on our life and everybody's life around us. I actually agree. You know, I remember, and I need to narrate this story of um, one our janitor. Mm. Um, his name was uh, Rob. So Rob was hired to clean all the restrooms, including ladies' restrooms. Right. And I remember many times during the day he could not enter the restroom because obviously. I was guess he was busy. And he's a man, and then when women True. are uh, inside, he's not allowed to go inside. True. So he waited for all women to leave the building in the evening. So he could clean them properly. And there was not a single day when we saw him complaining. If anything, we always saw him smiling, singing. And you know, even while cleaning the toilets, he was always happy. And we just could not figure out how he could be happy, you know. And we were all this uh, complaining and gossiping and being really made miserable at work. And this janitor is very, very happy. So one day, trust me, we asked him what made him so happy. <laughs> I swear, these are his words, and I'm going to quote him. Mm-hmm. Purpose of doing something meaningful. I'm like, what? What is there? What, what is so meaningful about cleaning the restroom? And he said, and I swear, these are his words. When I leave the building in the evening, I feel content knowing that you would find a clean restroom the next morning. I am just doing my job. Wow. <laughs> wow. There you go. There you go. That is precisely what Krishna is trying to explain to Arjuna. Mm. What his duty is as a Kshetriya here, mm-hmm. as a warrior, Mm-mm. you know, how this opportunity to fight a war is given to Arjuna. And mm. that is his purpose right now of doing something significant and meaningful. Exactly. And this is where Krishna slowly moves to the concept of karma yoga. Hmm. I feel there is a misunderstanding between karma and karma yoga. Yes, it is. Please explain. Karma means all actions. Karma yoga is articulated in verse uh, 47 of the second chapter, which is widely known in Hindu community, which is you have the right to perform your prescribed duties, but you are not entitled to the fruits of your actions. You remember, kam karo, falke icha mat karo. Very, very that important. Everyone yeah. knows this verse. Everyone knows this verse. I think it's verse. one of the, the most the famous. The most popular yeah. uh, verses of, uh, of the Gita. Kaam mm-hmm. karo, falke ichya mat karo. So that is the essence of karma yoga. Mm-hmm. It is doing your duty in the mood of absolute detachment from results. Kaam karo, falke ichya mat karo. That folky ichya mat karo is the karma yoga. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Mm-hmm. I think that is very, very important. Like you said, mm. you have the right to perform your prescribed duties, mm. but you're not entitled to the fruits of your actions. Absolutely. So that is perfectly mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think we should stop here for today. Mm. We will 
give some time for people to process the meaning of karma yoga but we will go in more detail about it uh, in the next uh, podcast let me just summarize here today we spoke about the different class systems mm. and how they used to be based on talent okay we spoke about duty or dharma in detail mm. and we also gave them some examples from bollywood movies and also deepthi gave a great real life example of a happy go lucky janitor mm. then we briefly introduced the concept of karma yoga and gave the difference between karma and karma yoga Mm-mm. and also mentioned one of the most famous verses of bhagavad gita Any mantra for today? A lot of leaders, mm. most successful people mm. have kind of a similar story, okay. right? And they all believe in pretty much the same thing saying give your best at whatever you do. Mm-mm. There's actually a quote from Thomas Jefferson. Mm. Only aim to do your duty and mankind will give you credit where you fail. Hmm. So basically he's saying Mm-mm. if your intentions are correct and you do everything you can without mm. any selfish desire and you're mm. doing your duty even if you fail people will still give you credit i think it's a great lesson especially for leaders but yeah. for everyone yeah i think we should wrap up here today okay we will go back with karma yoga next week mm-hmm. and as i mentioned it's the crux so, of the mm-hmm. bhagavad gita mm. i think that's where we'll stop here today mm. uh thank you everybody see you in the next podcast, podcast. thank you thank you